Good morning, church. Buenos dias. Eso. Hey, you got me. Excellent. Well, we are in this sermon series, Unlocking the Power of Prayer. And I hope that you are learning all these keys on how to access this supernatural power that God already um, gave us. When we see the word in Luke 11, we learn already previous Sundays that prayer needs to be taught. And the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. So it's not like just go and talk to God. I mean, there is teaching behind prayer. So my hope is that with this sermon series, we start praying more and making prayer a lifestyle, not an event, but a lifestyle that you're praying all the time because that's what God wants us to do. And so we can uh, ask for God intervention through prayer. When we think about people that are smart, but they do dumb things, do you know people like that? <laughs> I think about Hezekiah. You know, he was one of the good kings. I mean, he, was, he has, a, God, he has a, a heart devoted to the Lord. He was very passionate. But he, in a moment of need, instead of turning to God, he turned to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And that's something that I learned pretty early in my life, that when we are in need, the first person we need to turn to is Jesus. How many of you say amen to that? So God is working through us and teaching us that when we are in, in need, it's time to turn to Jesus. And this king receives a word from the prophet and says, why did you turn to this Pharaoh? He's a, a splinter staff. I mean, you cannot trust him. Remember that we were captive people in Egypt. Why are you turning to him? But he did it because that, that's what we do. So I already also shared with you what is the, the, the principle behind prayer based on Matthew 18. When we talk about prayer as an agreement, right? As an agreement, an earthly agreement to bring the kingdom of God to earth. And don't get me wrong. I believe that we have prayer in St. John. We have pockets. We have people praying here and there, and we have individual prayers. But what I hope that this prayer series will bring to St. John is this corporate prayer, that we actually spend time together praying. And that's what God is saying to us. He says that the gate of hell will not prevail against the church. Against what? The church. So it's so important that we come together to pray beyond our personal prayers. So Hezekiah, he learned really fast that the best way to answer situations, to, to challenges is through prayer to God. And then in Isaiah 30, 19, it's a reminder that God is waiting for us. He said, the Bible says, people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry out for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. As soon as he hears us. So this is not a, a, a condition that he is going to wait for us to have our life together and everything figured out. As soon as you cry out, he will hear to you and he will respond. He will answer us. Imagine that you have a friend and he's or she is your best friend 
And when she or he is in trouble, instead of calling you, call somebody else. And then you will be asking, why, why, why you didn't call me, right? You feel hurt because people that you love, you are expecting them that when they have a situation, they will call you. But when they don't and go to other people, sometimes because it's easier, sometimes because they are not going to give them a lecture. But the reality is that we are hurt because we want to help the people that we love. Well, God is the same thing. God is also hurt when we turn to other things and other people instead of turning to him. And God is asking, why do you not come to me first? Why are you waiting to call me? Call me. Call me and I will answer you. That was the word I teach last week. Jeremiah, call and I will answer you and I will tell you great and powerful things that you do not know. God wants to shock us and awaken us. But then, See, and our human nature is not to turn to God. So we often turn to people rather than turning to God. And I get it. You know, sometimes it's easier. It's easier to rely on things tangible that we can see rather than trusting in the Father who is unseen. And because we don't talk to him, then we don't trust him because the lack of communication equals a lack of trust. And we tend to find this, as I said, the first sermon, a microwave prayer, like, answer me fast. <laughs> or we just get up in the morning and rely on, on sermon clips or the Bible verse of the day. How many of you can develop a relationship with one word? Impossible. I know that some of you are introvert, but not that much. One word? We need more than that. So God is expecting us to have a conversation to have a relationship, to connect with us, to be in communication with us. And we have to seek God first, not people. And sometimes we go through our contacts in the phone and we go and, and keep calling people, calling people, calling people to the point that sometimes people see your name and block you. <laughs> and why is that? Because they don't have what it takes to take your burdens and fill your void. Only God can do that. You can tell him anything and everything he can take it. He's God. We can't. I do it all the time. I say to people, I, I, I can hear you, but go first. Talk to him. And when you come back, usually they, they talk less. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that when we don't communicate enough with God, the words of the enemy and the words of the flesh begin to influence us. And like Hezekiah, we, need, we start making bad decisions and instead of uh, you know, listening to God for direction. And people all the time turn to other things, natural things, things that they can see. Um, so if they don't go to the secret place and pray like Matthew 6, 6 says, what they do is they go and find drugs or alcohol or TV, or music, or anything to take them from the things that are in front of them. Other people say, well, I need to go to the doctor. I need a psychologist. And they give you pills. What if you start praying first? It's not like I'm against science. I'm a doctor. Hello. <laughs> but I also know that some things science cannot do. 
We need the power of God in prayer to do that. Other times, we turn to politics. We think that the president will save you. I come from Cuba. That doesn't not work. <laughs> okay, so it's very important that we stop relying on men and teaching people to connect with God. Other people say, well, it's time to go on vacation. I'm tired. Well, I have news for you. You have a body, but you also have a soul and a spirit. When you go on vacation, what rest? You're going to find rest on vacation, but your body and your soul will rest. However, the Bible says that your spirit, no Bible, they even forget the Bible. They don't have Bible. They don't read. They don't want to. I'm going to chill and relax. And then you come back. Boom, kabunga. You are back the same place. Because you are rested in your body, but not in your spirit, not in your soul. So I want to invite you, next time you go on vacation, take Jesus with you. Take Jesus with you. Give the kingdom of God the priority, and he will answer you. God is a powerful God. God is a God that wants to answer you. And the reason I am teaching you this is because when you read Genesis chapter 1, it says God created the world. In the beginning, God created the world. And then Hebrew 11, 3 says that the world that you see was created, by, was created by the word of God. So the sea, which means that we first need to turn to the creator before we turn to the creation. And everything that you see, people, things are created by God. So when you turn to people or alcohol or, or weed, That's creation. That will not substitute the need that you actually have for God. Turn to the creator first. So the first principle here is, which is simple. I'm going back to the basics. I'm saying now everywhere, go back to school. And I say, okay, let's go back to the basics and see how God can teach us more about prayer. First, pray in the name of Jesus. This is not a cliche. This is, this is real. I mean, we have to pray in the name of Jesus because people pray all the time. They pray everywhere, but only God's children pray in the name of Jesus. So you need to make sure that when you pray, you close by saying, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So in James 4.3, we have this powerful passage where it says, when you ask, you do not receive. You ask with the wrong motive that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. So when you pray in the name of Jesus, you're making sure that your heart is positioned in alignment with Jesus. And you also want the spiritual world and the supernatural world and the natural world and everybody to know that you are praying in the name of Jesus because you are asking the Father. You want the Father and no one else to answer you. The spiritual world is real. And we need to be clear when we pray. We pray in the name of Jesus. And why? Well, John 16, Jesus was the one who gave us the authority to do this. He says, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now. Why until now? Because now Jesus became flesh. He came 
to save us. And now he died on the cross. So he already delivered us and gave us the authority to pray. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. And your joy will be completed. So it's, it's a non-negotiable. We have to pray in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And that's very important because he was the one who gave us the legal right and the authority to operate in prayer on earth. We are created by God and he gave us the authority, a delegated authority to pray. But we also understand that praying in the name of Jesus is always effective when we have a relationship with Jesus. Prayers in Jesus' names are powerless without a relationship with Jesus. So it's not like going around, Jesus, 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 no. No, 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 no. You have to have a relationship. It doesn't work like that. It's not, it's not magic. It's a relationship. You have to be spending time with him. In Matthew 7, 21 and 23, Jesus is talking to people, teaching his disciples, and saying to the multitudes, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly. Jesus talked plainly. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So why? Because it's not about power. It's about relationship. Yes, he's El Shaddai, almighty, but he's also Yahweh. He wants to have a relationship, Jehovah, with you. We also need to start praying the word of God. Because if we don't pray the word of God, then our prayers are full of wishful thinking and desires. God is the ultimate provider. He's the one who provides for our physical needs, everything that we need. He provides for us. But he's so waiting that we know and understand the word and making sure that when we pray, we pray his word and connect our prayers and needs with the word. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is having a conversation with Satan. How many of you know and believe that the enemy is real? Okay, thank you, Jesus. You sent me to the right church. <laughs> you know, some people think that this is, this is you know, this is cartoons, this is, this is fabulous. No, this is, this is real. This is real. And Jesus is having this encounter with Satan, and every time he challenged him, if you are the, the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do that. And Jesus, every time he answered Satan, how he answered. Look at that. He says, it is written. And then the devil took him to the holy city and challenged him again. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. So this time it's Satan who is saying it is written. Even the enemy has to say it is written to attack you. So you need to learn how to say it is Written. So when Jesus replied back, he does not talk about his desires. He's saying, it is also written. It is also written. Worship the Lord your God 
and serve him only. Away from me, Satan. So at some point you have to break this connection. Sometimes you are praying, 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 and then you start thinking about the laundry. Who's doing that? It is away from me. I'm praying. I want to connect with the Lord. And that's the, the tension that we are in the natural world and we are accessing the spiritual world, but we can just live in disconnect so fast because we are human beings. We are natural. But God wants to teach us that one common mistake is the failure to connect our prayers to God's word. It is written. The church has to learn to say it is written. That's the foundation of our prayers. It is written. And I hope that St. John learns to say it is written and learn the Bible by heart. And then we also have a biblical pattern for prayer. So we need to go back to the Bible. There are powerful prayers. I'm not going through all of that this morning, but you have Daniel, and you have Ezekiel, and you have Jeremiah, and you have Nehemiah. So many people praying. Just go and study those prayers and see the elements that you have, that you see in, that, in those prayers. You know, know God's will. Not only what to pray or how to pray, but also know the will of God. God is the will. God in his will is the why behind our prayers. Because if not, when you don't have the word of God in your life, when you, are not, when you don't position yourself in God, the next time a situation comes to you, then you will be desperate. And desperation is human. So it's good when you are desperate because sometimes the best prayer comes out of desperation. However, desperation is a good initiator but not a good sustainer for our prayers. We have to declare the word of God. We have to claim the word of God and say it is written. The third principle of the prayer, living in holiness. Living in holiness. So this is not uh, a... <laughs> A trip for, you know, where you are just doing whatever you want and then you pray and then it's done. That doesn't work. As I said to you before, God is a God that is loving, but he's also righteous. He's expecting us to live holy life. And what does that mean? That's a common mistake. It's the failure to link holiness and confession to our prayers. So when you pray, the first thing you need to do is confess your sins. Talk to God and say, you know, forgive me, Lord. Wash me. Wash away all my inequities. Clean me from my sins. That's what David did in Psalms 51 when he sinned against Bathsheba. Another one that the Bible says he had a heart after God. And here he are committing adultery. Do you know what that means? That we all, even though we love God, we're going to do dumb things. And prayer can bring us back. So it doesn't matter what is happening today. It doesn't matter what sin are you committing, thoughts or emotions or actions. A single prayer can bring you back in alignment with God and close the gap between heaven and earth. When we don't pray, we have personal guilt. Guilt says you are a mistake. But when you start praying, you realize that you are not a mistake. You made a mistake. When you are praying, you realize that you are a child of God. When you don't pray, all you see, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, am I a child of God? 
Am I in charge of that? Do I really believe that? Do you know where those words come from? I just showed you, Matthew 4. Every time you question if you are a child of God, now you know where that is coming from. Because God is saying to you, hear the good news. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you pray, cleanse me, Lord, wash away all my iniquity. Create me a, a new heart, a pure heart. Give me your spirit. Pa! Kabunga. Jesus show up. And then you realize that you are in Jesus and there is no condemnation for you. I don't care what you did last summer. In fact, this summer. It says, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. Don't let the enemy to say otherwise. Be bold. Go before the throne of God with confidence. However, asking requires humility. Some people are very good at giving, very bad at receiving. It takes more humility to ask than to receive. You see people that are very good at giving, they give food, they give this, they give but they don't ask for help. They have to die before they ask for help. Because when we give, we feel good. But when we ask, we are like, I don't know, but can you, can you? God is good. Let's start asking God. Let's be humble. Let's realize that we can do nothing outside of God. This is why we already read and pray, you know, how the word of God and, and Jesus in Luke 11 teach us about forgiveness and pray and ask for your forgiveness, confess your sins. You know, how God challenged us from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God is challenging us. If, you, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We need to confess all our unrighteousness. Confess and ask for forgiveness. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, I believe that he will die again if he show up today. Because he says, look at what he says. <laughs> True holiness does not consist in mystic speculations, enthusiastic favors, or uncommanded austerities. It consists in thinking as God thinks and willing as God will. So, when we start talking about prayer, we cannot forgive, forget this principle. Pray with expectation. When you come to the church on Sunday, do you come with expectation that God is going to do something? It cannot be just another Sunday. When you go before the presence of the Lord, you need to come with the expectation that God is going to do and he's about to do something. I have an Amazon account. How many of you have an Amazon account? I have Prime. I want it fast. Right? But when I order in Amazon, I'm expecting that it's going to show up. And if it doesn't show up, I call. So why we don't do that with our prayers, right? 
We need to expect that God is going to answer. There is no doubt that when I pay and I do what I have to do online, what I ask and what I pay for will come. So the cross, Jesus paid for everything. So when we ask for something, we need to expect that it's going to come. That's what it says in Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I should not want. Believe. Believe. That's what it says. And you will receive. Believe and it will be yours. Whatever you ask in prayer. So we need to have that faith. Have faith that God is going to act and show us how to pray. So pray with expectations. Pray knowing that prayer is not limited to the natural. But prayer can unlock the supernatural power of God. And God can perform miracles. He's still in the business of healing. How many of you believe that? God can bring breakthrough. God can show up in your life and, show, and, and bring his power and transform a life. But it's crucial that we do that and we ask for miracles, trusting God, but also trusting in his timing. N.T. Wright, a very powerful theologian that we have in these days, he says, prepare for this revelation. Prayer does not alter circumstances, but profoundly transform who we are at our core, which means that sometimes we pray and we want to see a change in the situation when God is trying to change you so you can face that situation better. So every time you pray, you will not see your situation change, but every time you pray, I'm telling you, you will be changing, and then you are better to face all challenges that comes at you. The call to action. Is, I love to preach about prayer and teach about prayer. We can read books and books about prayer, but at some point, we have to close the books and start praying. It's not until we start praying that we start seeing God moving in our lives. So in September, as I shared before, we're going to be praying every Tuesday, 8.30 to 9 a.m. in the morning, and then afternoon, 6 to 7 here in the sanctuary, praying with one another. So God can do great things among us. Now, conclusion. Prayer is powerful. It's a gift that God has given us. Through prayer, we can seek his presence and his will. We need to commit to prayer. Pray well. Ask well. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray the word of God. Pray living in holiness. Pray with faith and expectation, and you will receive. And so we are expecting and hoping that you connect online. If you have a prayer request, go online, put it there, or a, or, or a celebration. You want to celebrate that God did something. Please share with us. We want to know that, we, that, that God is moving. It, it gives us hope and faith. So now I'm going to invite you to a moment of prayer in two steps. Step one, remember that prayer is a personal but also agreement. So when we start worshiping, if you can stand up and pray briefly on your own and then turn to someone else and pray in agreement. And the prayer today, the prayer focus for today uh, is the children and grandchildren of St. John. One of the things that God is impressing in my heart is they need to pray 
for the children of St. John and the grandchildren of St. John. So when you come together, please name you know, your children and your grandchildren and, and just pray for them in agreement that God will be real in their lives, that they will experience God and they will become disciples of the living God. That's step number one. Step number two, as you finish praying, come forward to the altar. I'm going to close here praying the Lord's Prayer and praying for one another. This is the safest place on earth. Come to the altar. Okay, two steps. Can you please stand if you are able? And as we worship, start praying and then come to the altar.